All right, good evening. My name is Paul. I'm our Lake Forest campus pastor. I'm glad to be here with you all tonight. I'm glad Luke let me share here. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully I don't put you to sleep too much. I'll try to wake you up at the end. So to start off, I thought we'd start with maybe some help. Um, maybe a little test, because old people like to give tests and I'm old. Um, so let's do that. If I gave you this line, does anybody know what that's from? What's it from? Pokemon, right? I want to be the very best that no one ever was. Pokemon, yeah. All right, what about this one? Oh, yeah, it's Pokemon. All right. Who knows this one? Tangled, right? Because way down deep inside, I've got a dream. Yeah, it's a great song. Love it. Watch it on YouTube. What about this? Who knows this lyric? High hopes, yes, excellent, well done. Panic at the disco, right? So I'm guessing you all know this stuff because you're young and cool. Um, but what's interesting is you think about your life, you think about the world or the kind of the stream that you're swimming in. Sometimes they call it that metaphorically somewhat. The stuff you're watching on TV, the songs you're hearing, the shows you watch, all are kind of saying, we got dreams, we want to do big things, we want to be awesome, we want to be amazing, we want to do all this stuff. So my assumption is that you're sitting here today, maybe, some of you, maybe not, thinking, what is my future going to look like? What am I going to be? What am I going to do? Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live at? What are all these things that are going to make us who we are, that what we be, and where we are, and what we go? So maybe you're even saying, well, what does college look like for myself? Is the person I like? We're going to get married? I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking through all these things. But I want to push you on that because the verse that I'm supposed to share about tonight, or I want to share about tonight, the verse that changed my life is this. Proverbs 16.9, in our hearts, we plan our steps, but God directs our path. In our heart, we plan our steps, but God directs our path. Because when I was your age, a hundred years ago, I was thinking, oh man, I got dreams, I got hopes, I got all these things I want to do, I got all these things that I'm just like, I think this is where I'm going to go. But I was never sure how it's going to work out. Now that I'm 100, I've seen how it's worked out. I've seen how God has worked in my life. And so what I want you to walk away with tonight is a little bit of a deep breath. It's going to work out. You're going to be okay. But there's some work you need to do. And you got to understand who God is and what his plan is for your life. But here's where I think oftentimes people get this messed up. I think sometimes people live as if this is what it says in the Bible. In our hearts, we plan our steps, but we have to guess what God is thinking or we will ruin our entire lives. And that's from not Proverbs 16.9. You ever had that feeling where you're like, I don't know what to do and I'm afraid if I do this thing, it's going to ruin everything. That if I pick this school or if I have this friend or if... I don't get into this sport or whatever it might be in your life. If you ever had this feeling that you might ruin everything, if you don't know what God is trying to do, as if somehow, I heard it talked about like this, imagine you're on a game show and they're like, pick what's behind the door and one is a dead fly and the other is a brand new car. And you have to guess what is on God's mind or you've ruined everything in your life. But that's not how God's work. God works. God works this. In our hearts, we plan our steps, but God directs our path. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and share the story of my life and show how I've seen God work this out in my life. That I can say with certainty, in our hearts, you're going to plan your steps, and you should. 
but God will direct your path. And I promise it might be difficult. It will be difficult, but you're going to love it much better than whatever you thought and dreamed and hoped for your life. So does anybody know what painting this is? What is it? You just said yes? Okay, yeah, yeah, no. Huh? Ah, back row? Yeah, by who? All right, Grant Wood. Does anybody know where this painting took place? I'll give a clue. It's the best state in the whole entire world. Who said Texas? That place is awful. All right, this is in Iowa. This is in Iowa, which is the promised land, the best state in the whole entire world. And stay with me here. Because I'm from Iowa. So this is um, what my dream was, right? That's the house that was just in the other painting. This is my dream. I am going to graduate from high school and I'm going to come back after college and I'm going to live in Iowa. So here's me. All right. There's me in Iowa. Don't I look happy there? I look good in Iowa. It's impressive. And so my dream was, well, if I live in Iowa, I need to get married to someone and bring them to Iowa or find an Iowan, right? And so this was my dream that I would marry. So I had a very simple criteria, anybody as long as she was blonde, and then I would be happy. That was the dream. You know, some people like intelligence or good heart, you know, like good qualities about someone. Mine was just, you know, just someone blonde. Uh, And then I also wanted to have four kids. So does anybody else have this dream? Iowa, blonde person, four kids. You're kind of missing out. This is, the best way, this is the best dream. But what I want to tell you is actually how it worked out. So here's me when I graduated back in 2001 from Davenport West High School. I was like, you know what? I applied for two different schools. I'm going to go to Iowa State or I'm going to go to the Moody Bible Institute. My parents were like, go to Moody. It's a Bible school. The church was like, you're helping out in ministry. I was serving in the kids' ministry. I had to preach on a Sunday. And they were like, you should do this. But see, I really wanted to go to Iowa State because my plan was to make money, 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 because then I'd be cool, right? (laughs) Don't I look cool? Especially with all that money. This would be great. This was part of the dream. This was going to be excellent. So I was like, I'm going to go to Iowa State to go to business school. That was my plan right? This, this, I was moving towards that, got accepted, said, yes, I'm going to go. But God redirected my path through some miracle. I actually ended up going to the Moody Bible Institute, which was downtown Chicago. So 17 years old, I show up, downtown Chicago, loved it, enjoyed living in the city, enjoyed the school. But again, this was still the plan in the back of my mind, all four years of college. I'm going back to Iowa. That's where I'm going to live. Four kids, blonde wife, going to be the happiest person ever in the world, right? This was my plan. But what happened is after I graduated, it seemed like maybe Chicago was a little fun. Maybe I want to stay here a little bit longer. So I went to seminary at the Moody Theological Seminary, which was three years. And so I moved into a neighborhood that was called Uptown. Uptown is north of Wrigleyville, um, Wrigley Field. And so it was a lot of, not where anybody tried to live in Uptown, it's where you kind of ended up. In the Uptown neighborhood at the time, it was where homeless people could get a meal, hot meal, three, uh, three times a day, seven days a week. So there was lots of homeless people there. Um, so it wasn't really necessarily safe if you didn't know where you're going or what you're doing. It also had a lot of gangs that were in the neighborhood. There was the GDs, the Four, Color, the four Corner Hustlers, and the Black Peastones. And so those were the different gangs that kind of had everything marked out. Now, I had no clue 
about these gangs. I had no clue about how to help the homeless people, but I started going to this church called Uptown Baptist Church, and I started serving in this soup kitchen, and I loved getting to work with homeless people. My job was just to pray with people. People would come in and just tell me stories, devastating things that had happened in their lives. I started working with the youth ministry. I ran an open gym uh, every single week, two nights a week, Basketball, I am awful at basketball, terrible. Showed up in uh, shoes called Doc Martens, if anybody wears this anymore. They called them the Pauls, unlike the Jordans or whatever else. So this was uh, the youth group that I was working with. There's me way in the back. Uh, I had so much hair then, it was great. So I just fell in love working with these kids. It was amazing, it was incredible. I loved every single moment, moment of it. And so what happened is my dream went from man, I want to live in Iowa to now, I wanted to live in the uptown neighborhood. This became my new dream. This is what I was excited about. And so I thought, you know what? Goodbye, Iowa. I'm going to live in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago for forever. It became the dream, the hope, and my plan. And then I found someone that I was going to marry. Uh, She was in that last picture working with the youth group as well, but she ruined my whole life because she has brown hair. So... I could have been happier, but, you know, just kidding. Don't tell my wife. So what was amazing about this is this was someone that was my best friend there. And we had this conversation while we were out at dinner one night, which why are you out at dinner with your best friend that you never want to date? And she says to me, you're not going to date me because I don't have blonde hair. Oh, my goodness. She knew how shallow I was and called me out. I was in love. This was the girl for me. So it was not the plan. It was, I was trying to put her in the friend zone as much as possible, which I don't know how lucky I was, I was that she actually would want to date me. Uh, but it was so amazing how I had my plan of what I needed, who I needed to marry. But God had directed my path and we became married. And so we said, we're going to live in Uptown for forever. But then that church closed its youth program. I was devastated. I said, I thought I'm going to be a youth pastor for forever. You know how Siler was a youth pastor for 25 years? That was my dream. I tell this to Siler all the time, man. You were living my dream. That's exactly what I wanted to do. So it was only four years, and so I didn't know what I was supposed to do next. I went through kind of just days, months of just saying, God, where do you want me to be? I have no clue what you want me to do. It was just a very difficult time because I had so identified my plans and my hopes and my dreams on that one career that I had no clue what else God could have for me. I thought I had ruined everything when I wasn't sure where to turn. So then I ended up actually getting a job at a church in the city, downtown off Michigan Avenue. And so then for me, the dream became, well, we're just going to be Chicagoans, right? I love living in the city. I worked down in the loop. It was a church that was off Michigan Avenue. It was a lot of fun, enjoyed it. And then I really thought that I was going to be at that church for forever. I don't know if you're like me, but it seems like a lot of times I would always think, I make these plans and it becomes my hope for forever. I can never see that God might have to redirect my steps and change me somewhere else. And so what happened is we did end up having kids. We had three of them, Maya, that's little Tommy, and that's Asher there. And so we lived a couple blocks from Wrigley Field and I thought this was the dream. This was everything. I loved it. It was going to be great. I don't want to go anywhere else ever. But if you remember the recurring pattern here, I make my plans, but God is redirecting my steps. So I get this call from this church, I don't know if you've heard of it, up in the Lake Forest. And so they call me and they say, hey, we have this job 
um, at Christ Church Lake Forest, would you want to work there? And I said, what, Lake Forest, where is that? You know, I'm in the loop working. I had no clue, I had to Google it, didn't know what uh, Lake Forest was. And I said, no, that's way too far away. I don't want to live in the suburbs. Thought it was a joke. I was like, who would want to be at a church in the suburbs? Probably a bunch of weird looking people there filling the building on a Sunday night, you know. Um, not you guys, somebody else. So <clears throat> I went home and I told my wife, funny story, this church in the suburbs called. They were like, oh, you should come work here. I was like, who would do that? Isn't that stupid? And my wife, uh, who is, you know, holding all three of our kids at once in our small 1,200 square foot apartment was like, no, we're taking that job tomorrow. And I said, well, I already told him no. She said, call him back. It's Friday. What do I do? So it was amazing how I had my plans. I had my plans, but God was redirecting my steps. So I reluctantly called them back and I said, I guess I'll interview. My wife told me I have to. So I had the interview and somehow I got the job and I came up here and I was like, fine, we'll live up here, but this is the dream. I'm going back to Chicago. I'll give this place three years and then I'm out of here. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to like anybody. I promise not to make any friends at all. And I did my hardest. Um, but what was amazing is actually three years later, I did get a job somewhere else. I got a job on the south side of Chicago working on this church remodel project. A lot of fun. It was amazing. I commuted there, um, which... It was during the pandemic, so it didn't take as long uh, as it would have if everybody would have been working. But I was still working. I was essential. It was awful. So I had this job. But you know what we decided is our dream became this. This is me and my family. Now they're a little bit older. We live in Lake Bluff. This had become my dream. And so I had every opportunity to go back to the dream I wanted and I hoped for and I planned for to be in the city. But remember, the dream keeps changing. Right? God continues to redirect my steps and to move me where he wants me, where he needs me. And this was better. Because let's go back. What was my dream? Uh, doesn't that look great? Now, which one do you like better? This, this, this. All right. I think I should go back to this. I want to tell my wife about this tonight in the stream. No, I'm just kidding. It's amazing how, again, I had made my plan all throughout my life, and I kept putting everything in this one place where this is what it's going to be now. No, God, this is what it's going to be now. No, God, this is what it's going to be now. And it continues to be, no, no, no. I've got to move you over here. No, no, I've got to move you over here, and this is what it's going to look like. So again, this is the verse. In our hearts, we plan our steps, but God is going to redirect your path. Now, we can run through that quickly like we just did, and you might walk away saying, well, that's easy, Paul, because it's all worked out good for you. Or that's easy, Paul, because, you know, look how happy you are and how great it is and how beautiful looking you are now, right? But I have to tell you that there was plenty of nights when I had no clue what I was going to do. Plenty of nights where I said, God, I don't, I don't understand. Plenty of times where I was just so anxious and paralyzed that I was like, I don't know which job I'm supposed to take. In fact, when they called me about this current job, working at Christ Church again, I said no again. I said, I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do. But here I am about a year and a half later, and I love what I'm doing. So what I've always seen is that I'm trying to make my plans, and I think it will lead to some sort of happiness. But when I follow what God is trying to do, he's got something so much better for me. Even though it might be hard and difficult, and you might feel, and you will feel, Nights that you feel lost and scared and afraid of what you're supposed to do. So what's my application for you in this? How do you live out this verse? Well, here's the first thing. Three things here. The first is 
you need to make plans. You need to make plans. In our heart, we plan our steps. So that's your part of the bargain. You have to make plans. You got to get out there and you got to do things. So I don't know what that is before you right now. Maybe there's a sport that you're deciding whether you should play. Maybe it's a, a dance thing or it's whatever that thing is that you're getting into extracurricular. Or maybe it's someone you're thinking about dating or not dating, or maybe it's, it's school. You're filling out college applications or you're thinking about a job. What's that thing that you need to work on? For some of you, maybe you're not making any plans and you're not doing anything. You need to step it up. You need to start making plans, right? Because God can't redirect your path if you're just sitting on the couch watching TV. You have to get out there and apply for schools. You have to get out there and try out for sports. You have to get out there and make friends or whatever else that thing is. You have to try. Part of the way of making plans is we do things. We dream. We think about it. Now, sometimes I meet with people uh, currently in my job, people much older than you, people the same age, that come to me and are so paralyzed by anxiety, so paralyzed that they are going to ruin something in their life that they are unable to make any plans at all. They're so scared that if somehow they choose or do the wrong thing, there's my phone, that it's all going to fall apart. And so what I want you to hear tonight is you can't ruin it. You can't mess it up. You can certainly make mistakes and you can certainly fail, but there's not a thing you can do in your life where now God says to you, oh, well, I'm done with you. You've gone off the path. Like, that's it. It's over. When I went to uh, Moody, graduating from my undergraduate degree, there was a guy named Clark Stacy who, by all appearances, had everything. Was going to go to um, an incredible seminary, seemed to have this great girl he was dating or a great job. Or, and what was so amazing is that after we went on spring break, we get this phone call that he had actually committed suicide. And so what was so weird to me watching on the outside is it was like, man, Clark has everything. Why did he do this? And so in his, in his note, his parents shared he had become so paralyzed and so anxious and so afraid of ruining his life that somehow God wouldn't help him, that he had no dream that there could be anything beyond the temporary setbacks he was in. And so I, what I want you to hear is that in spite of all the difficulties and hardships you're going through, there is always a plan that God has for you. Some of those students I showed in the youth group, some of them went to prison and did time. One of them, Kendall, for about 13 years. And so he now is a manager of a Portillo's, right? So maybe in his mind, he thought there was no future for him, but there is always a future. There is always a plan. There is always something that God has for you, but you have to make the plans. You have to step out there and try. Yes, it'll be hard and be difficult, but you got to make plans. The second is, Allow God to redirect your path. And this is what I mean by this. So sometimes if you're so fixated on perhaps, let's say, one school that you want to get into, you're so fixated in one school, you apply for one school, you dream about one school, your hope is only in one school, instead of, well, maybe you need to apply for a few places and see where God is going to redirect you. You see, when you try multiple options, and I tell this to people that are looking for work, if you apply for multiple jobs, you can allow God to open the door somewhere and close the door somewhere. Instead of saying, oh God, this is the only thing that I can do, and if it doesn't fit into this thing, then you, you've failed me. No, try multiple times and in multiple different ways. Allow God to redirect your path. Remember my sad-looking dream of Iowa and all those things? If I had just thought that that's all I was supposed to do and said, well, I okay, God, I, I like living in Chicago, but I'm supposed to be in Iowa, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Wouldn't be married to the person I'm married today. Wouldn't have the kids that I have today. If I was so stuck on one little thing. 
So sometimes what has to happen is you have to allow God to redirect and guide you. And sometimes what happens is the situation you're in becomes so painful and unbearable that God is using that to redirect you. For example, one of the jobs that I had in the city, the boss was so annoying, so annoying. But my dream was to live in the city, so I was like, I have to stay at this job because this is my dream. Well, you see, when that phone call came about another option, that pain of that frustration of working with that boss turned into, oh, maybe that's why this is so difficult now, because this is what God has for me. So try multiple things, but allow God to redirect your path. Allow God to show you where he's going. By times, he puts roadblocks. He makes it more difficult so that you follow him. And the third point is this. If you want God to redirect your path, you have to follow him. You have to make sure that your focus is on what Christ has done for you. I'm sure you guys talk about this a lot, that you believe in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose to new life. You believe you're a sinner, right? Sometimes you pray a prayer, but it's this notion, it's this belief, it's this thought that allows us to understand God loves us so much that radically transforms your life. But if you're making plans, but it doesn't involve a growing relationship with God, you're not going to see him redirect your path because you're not listening to him. You're not reading his words so that you see, oh, maybe there's a different way that I'm supposed to do it. You're not praying so that while you're praying, you get this feeling, oh God, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. You have to have a growing relationship with God by attending church or being here at Shig or reading your Bible or praying. Otherwise, how is God going to tell you to redirect your path if you're not even trying to have a relationship with him? So my challenge is to you, make plans, try things, fail. It's okay. You're not going to ruin your life because God's going to redirect your path. Try it multiple ways, different ways. You don't know what God has in store for you, but you won't get there unless you're following him, building a relationship with God. Let me tell you, it will be the most wildest, craziest, funnest, saddest, hardest, best journey you've ever had in your life but it's only because of God directing your path. Don't be afraid. Don't be so anxious. You can't ruin this whole thing. Trust me, I tried all the ways to ruin it. God is good. Follow him. Let me pray.